Hello, everybody, and welcome to another mini-sode of the I Think It's a Classic podcast. I'm Tanniscale, and I'm joined here by my host, John Brummer. John, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing most excellent. I'm uh, super happy with how uh, last week's episode uh, for Bex Odele went. Yes. And, um, yeah, I think... Everybody for sticking through with us, uh, despite the kind of strange audio issue that we had on John's end. And uh, yeah, it's all going to be kosher from now on. And Woot, woot. Woot, woot, indeed. Well, shit, John, let's get right into it. And uh, I'll just ask you, what, what have you been up to? And let's, let's save uh, our concert stories for after the general, what have you been up to? Because I know we both got one. Okay. Uh, what I've been up to, I um, have, you know, just the usual, I've been working. My mom was visiting for about a week where, you know, we did all sorts of fun things. We went to Valley Fair, which is the, uh, uh, that is, I guess, the ultimate, um, the ultimate amusement park in Minnesota. Um, the day after that, we went to uh, Great Wolf Lodge in Minnesota, and uh, we spent Sunday at the Mall of America, and we went to the Sea Life Aquarium there. Uh, it was a really good week. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, in the uh, constant department of nerdery that I involve myself within, <laughs> I, uh, I've been getting my Elder Scrolls Online Guild uh, much more together and active. I'm a, I'm a guild leader in that game on Xbox, and um, there's been some changes in the game that's brought a lot of new players in and um, made guild recruitment a lot more easy. So, yeah, I'm super stoked to play with a bunch of new people and just get casual players into a kind of hardcore game and teach them the fun sides of doing that game and not having to turn it into a full-time job. And that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like MMOs. and um, I really like finding a group of people and helping them get through the uh, kind of murky beginnings of getting into a big online game like that. So, yeah, but other than that, I've been enjoying the hell out. Well, I should phrase it. I enjoyed the hell out of Stranger Things season three. Did you catch any of that? Uh, of course I did. Me and Noah, I think, blew through it in a day. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, next season, if there's a new character who's... I think we just need to decide that they're screwed from the start. And Barb are all gone now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, shoot. I should have said don't spoil anything because my dad is listening to this probably, and he hasn't gotten to season three yet. Oh, well, I don't think I'm spoiling too much because the impact yeah, of that well, scene is what much... you should say... What you should say is, even though you just said that, it's, uh, who cares? Because they all survive! Oh, yeah, I was just kidding. Everybody lives, and Barb comes back from the dead, and her and Bob get married, and Winona Ryder's okay with it. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. So, and, uh. Anyway. Hey, did you catch the, uh, after credit scene in Stranger Things Season 3? At the very, at the end of the uh, last yes, episode? Yes, I did. Yeah, what do you, I did. What but... do you think? No, never mind. We're not talking about any yeah, more spoilers. Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about that. Okay. No more spoilers. So, there hey, there's a scene after the... watched it yet. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, we're, we're, we're not a meet. Okay, I'll, I'm sorry, audience. Maybe I'll bleep that out. Well, okay, I'll just say this. Uh, 
I know who that is, and I'm pretty sure that he still exists. Yeah, for sure. There so, was there was only one character that was referred to with that phraseology throughout the entire series or season, and that's all I want to say about that. Yes. Uh, and other than enjoying the hell out of Stranger Things season three, uh, I've been working on this podcast and getting getting the gears rolling. Uh, we had a couple of weeks of delay since our very first introductory mini episode due to some kind of technical and personal timing issues on uh, our part. But um, everything's figured out, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited to get going with this. Um, I'm going to jump right into, because it's something that I said I was heading to that weekend when we recorded the first mini-episode. I want to talk about my experience at the Search Party Festival in Seattle, going to see the Murder City Devils in the Darkness. So it was really great, because I I believe I said, uh, yeah, it's at the Vera Project in Seattle. Well, me and my girlfriend showed up to the Vera Project, And there was a sign on the door saying, oh, hey, it's over in Fisher Pavilion. And I was like, oh, what? And it actually turned out to be this, like, outdoor beer festival thing. I thought it was just an indoor midday show for some reason. I don't know why. I just, the tickets were bought for me because my girlfriend's the best. So I didn't really look into it, I guess, the details of it all. And so that was a huge surprise. And it was great. I met up with a bunch of old friends from Oak Harbor and some... Definitely some people from Bremerton came out. A lot of mixed group of friends all sitting on the same hill. It was a real treat for me. And seeing one of my favorite bands with some of my best friends was the best as well. Like, we got up right up front to the front row, which I've never seen the Murder City Devils from. And it wasn't a rowdy crowd, so it wasn't one of those unpleasant right up against the barricade experiences. There was plenty of room to, like, move around and pump our fists and sing along. Hold on a second. You weren't with us when we saw them open for Motorhead at uh, uh, Bumbershoot? No, I was not at that Um, show. Okay, because we were all right up front for that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I missed that one, unfortunately. um, You missed a good show. (laughs) I know, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Guys, I don't want to talk about it, okay? (laughs) Um, So yeah, then... uh, after the Murder City Devils played, um, I went and got something to eat real quick because it being a beer festival, much beer was consumed and food was necessary at that point in the day. And after we ate, we came back and watched The Darkness, and it was fantastic and nostalgic in the best way where it wasn't like, oh, I remember having fun to this. It was more of, oh, I remember how much I used to like this band and forgot how much I still kind of do like this band. Especially yeah. live, they were a lot more ballsy than I ex- would expect them to be. Like, just I forgot they were such a heavy guitar rock band. Oh for yeah, some reason. no, they're great. Oh. That that first album kicks ass. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. And you know, I still remember the day. It was like one morning we woke up. Like all of us, there was like eight of us in the apartment. We woke up. We were all like hungover because we'd been partying like hell the night before, as was usual. <laughs> And um, we had the the music coming from the computer. It was on shuffle. And then I believe in a thing called love came on. And we were just all belting it out at like, I don't know, nine in the morning. <laughs> it's it's a great memory I have, especially when that song gets brought up. Yeah, me too, man. We had a lot of fun to that album. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and so, yeah, we watched the darkness play. And uh, my awesome friend, Jane, who just always knows what's the cool shit that's going on in Seattle. She uh, 
let me and Candy know that, hey, uh, me and my sister are going out to this, like, 60s vinyl dance party thing that's in this kind of basement bar in Georgetown. You guys should come with us. And we decided, all right, let's let's go do that. And it was fantastic, man. Like, it was great because it's been so long since I've been in a bar, even in a venue where there was, wasn't a single TV anywhere. It just felt mm -hmm. like, yes, this is what bars are supposed to be, just hanging out and... <laughs> Dude, the music was so loud, and there was like these kind of see older older Seattle scenesters that were the DJs, and they were just killing it with their choices, um, playing some better known stuff like you know cl classic old doo wop kind of stuff, and just really weird foreign garage rock from the '60s and '70s, and oh, it was just fantastic. Um, so we danced our asses off, and we were getting really tired at one point because it was just sweltering hot in there, especially with all the movement. And we were kind of thinking, like, all right, it's it's time to wrap it up and make our way to the ferry boat so we can get home. And all of a sudden, Jane says, holy crap, look who just walked in. And I turn around, and it's the fucking darkness. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they walk in, and I'm just like, holy shit, everybody positions! And we all just started dancing hard, like we got our second wind, like, <laughs> got a party with rock stars. <laughs> and it That's was cool awesome. i got to introduce myself to the singer of the darkness and say, tell him good show and thanks for coming out and, and like uh met the bassist too and it was just really kind of surreal and fantastic and there's nothing cooler than being like yeah i was already at the place that the rock stars decided to show up to yeah yeah it was just fantastic <laughs> it was a great experience and uh we were tired as hell the next day, but we just lazed around and watched TV, and it was, ah, what a weekend. But, uh, John, awesome. I know I know you had a super rad concert experience uh, recently, so why don't you tell the audience about that? I will. Uh, so, I had heard um, that the uh, Aquabats and Real Big Fish were going to be playing in Minneapolis uh, uh, some months ago. I can't remember how many months ago. But I had heard about it, and I thought really hard and long about, you know, taking my son Noah to see them. Um, well, John, with it being a real big fish show, did it sell out? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny because I didn't think it would, but it did. Um, the Alcobats had been a really big thing for me and Noah since he was about like six years old. It was somewhere around six when the uh, Aquabats Super Show came out. Why don't you explain and, to the uh, audience for who's not familiar with just a quick rundown of what, what the entity the Aquabats is? Because they're well, pretty the unique. Yeah, the Aquabats were, you know, a band of essentially low-budget superheroes. And, you know, they've always been something that I've been aware of. They've always been fun. Um, in fact, actually, Travis Barker was their original drummer, for anybody who doesn't know that. Um, but uh, sometime around 2000, they kind of switched up from being a straight ska band to kind of being more like a electronic Devo band, um, kind of more like that electro pop kind of stuff. And that was right around. Well, it was it was a few years after this that they started the Aquabat Super Show, and I saw that on Netflix, and I, you know, was looking for something for me and Noah to connect over, you know, because he was a little kid. I'm an adult. I uh, was trying to get something that wasn't like Dora the Explorer that I could watch. And I realized, you know, this, you know, ragtag group of misfits, the uh, 
the Aquabats, the, these low-budget superheroes might be a good fit for us. Well, we started watching it. We both fell in love with it. I decided to check out what they'd been doing recently, and I realized that not only had they changed their style a lot, but I really loved it, and we got into it pretty hardcore. And for the next couple of years, that was a big part of what we listened to. Um, and we kind of fell out of it. And then about six months ago, Noah says to me, uh, why don't we ever listen to Aquabats anymore? And I was like, I don't know. We need to. And they were at Riot Fest last year, but I, for some reason, I couldn't get there in time, uh, probably because I was too busy drinking in my hotel room. And that makes it hard to get to the festival when bands play at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so anyway, I miss them. Uh, but I was determined that I wasn't going to miss the show as long as work didn't, you know, interfere. So I uh, didn't buy tickets ahead of time. I because my job is a job that I essentially get my schedule the day before. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, on call kind of stuff. But I checked tickets on Friday and they were still available. So I was like, OK, cool. This most likely means they're going to be available at the door. Um, Monday morning, the day of the show, when I got home from work, I checked Ticketmaster and I saw that they were sold out and I was like, oh no, that's not good. So I immediately called the venue that they were going to be playing at. And I was like, Hey, do you guys still have any tickets left for the, the Aquabats and real big fish tonight? And they said, well, it was only sold on, they were only sold online. So if you can't get them online, then that means that they're sold out. And I should have given up there, but I did not because at this point, this show was going to happen for us. This show was too long in the waiting. I should have taken him to see them probably four years ago when I started taking him to concerts. Um, I don't know why it never happened before now, but I was even I was so hardcore about getting into that show that I had even looked online and there was no secondhand sellers selling them. There was only one that had tickets. And uh, because it was from a uh, uh, an overseas seller. So the bank blocked my purchase. And when I got a hold of them to let them know that I was trying to purchase these tickets afterwards, when I got back onto the uh, phone to try and purchase them again, those tickets had sold out, which in all actuality was good because I was about to spend too much money on these tickets because <laughs> I was that determined to go. Um, so I said to the kid, well, let's get in the car and let's drive up to Minneapolis anyway. Maybe there'll be someone selling them on the street. And we went up there. It was 95 degrees that day. And there was no clear, like, you know, secondhand sellers or anything. Um, but we walked around. We we got there, I think, at like 3.30 in the afternoon. And the show, the doors opened at 5 o'clock and the show started at 6. And we were walking around for like two and a half hours. At one point we see this guy and this girl walking their dog and they were over by the uh, tour buses. So I was like, I don't know if I should talk to them, but, uh, Noah, I had kind of planned on Noah always petting whatever dogs are out there. <laughs> well, he didn't pet this dog and we kept walking and I was like, why didn't you pet the dog? And he's like, I didn't 
think it would be okay. I was shy. And I was like, you pet every dog. And he's like, I don't know. Well, I'll get back to that later. But anyway, we turn around the corner. We talk to another bouncer. He lets me know exactly where the secondhand sellers stand. We were standing there. Nobody came around. But this guy got out of his car right around that time. And I started talking to him. I explained to him our situation. <clears throat> and he said to me, hey, I'm actually friends with the drummer from the, uh, the Aquabats, Ricky. And he put me on the guest list and he said that I could bring two people in and I didn't bring anybody. I couldn't find anybody who could go. And I said, holy crap. And he goes, yeah, if you want to come in with me, you can. And I was like, oh, holy crap. Thank you so much. I mean, I was like seriously in shock that this had happened. And at this point, the doors had opened. And so he's like, OK, let's go on in. We went on in. We got on you know gone in through his list or through the guest list um because i mean you know there there was a part of me that was like hopefully this guy isn't full of shit yeah. well he turned out to be a super nice guy by the way this is a total drop for him his name is charlie d landa follow him on uh instagram he is a rad drummer he is an all-around nice guy and you know super cool we we hung on with him the whole night when we got in there um he got Ricky to come out and we got to meet the drummer from the Aquabats. That was super cool. Ricky is a super nice guy. I could not have been more grateful for this night. Um, they, uh, you know, there was the first band that played was a band called Dog Party. They were really cool. They're kind of more of your like simple, fun punk rock. Uh, two girls, one plays drums and sings, one plays guitar and sings. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, then the Aquabats got up there and they just ripped the hell out of the place. And it was, I mean, 800 fucking degrees in that place, but it was worth it because we finally got our show. And as they were coming down, um, I got what is probably the coolest picture of my son. When the uh, lead singer came out first, I was like, Hey, can we get a picture with you guys? And he said, yeah. And so we snapped a couple of quick pictures with them. He, they were so cool. They were so nice. I'm so grateful for those guys. We had such a good time. And then, you know, after they were done, we got something to eat. Um, the real big fish went up and they were awesome. But there, there was also like in the middle of all that, there was a huge storm outside and it ended pretty much when the Aquabats got done. So we were happy to be outside for a little bit. Um, I think we missed about maybe 15 minutes of real big fishes set, but we got in there for the important songs. Um, they did a lot of rad covers when they started talking about how, you know, they were about to play one of the biggest songs of the nineties. Um, they started kind of teasing it. They're like, you know, right now we're going to play you guys one of the biggest songs in the nineties. And then the singer goes, somebody once told me, and they started going into uh, uh all-star, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but you know, they played sellout and they played beer and they played their cover of take on me and it was awesome. But as they were, you know, going through all those songs, I kind of looked at the guy and I'm like, Noah, I think that was the guy outside with the dog. And he's like, no, he was wearing something different. And I'm like, yeah, but the, you know, people in rock bands, they change their clothes before they go on stage. I'm the only guy in my band that shows up to the gig <laughs> in what I'm gonna play in you know 
everyone else changes before we play. Anyway, <laughs> uh, as they get off the stage and they start walking back to the tour buses, I noticed that, you know, it was the same girl that was with the guy who had the dog. And I was like, I turned around to, to my son. I go, I told you it was him. I told you. And I turned around, shook his hand. I said, you guys were awesome tonight. This is the second time me and my son have seen you. You guys are great. And he said, thank you very much. And they walked off. And I was like, yeah, you know, I told you that was him. You know, we could have gotten in even earlier if, you know, we probably could have just like partied with them on the tour bus. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have pet the you wouldn't pet the dog, but dude, your son would have had so much soda. <laughs> we would have gotten so wasted. Oh man, you would have no. been so sugar rushed and hyper. <laughs> um, but uh, he looked at me and he goes, "You know, if we hadn't have met, if we uh had met them and gotten in through them, we wouldn't have met Charlie." And I said, "You're right. We made a friend for life now." So. That is my awesome story about a great night and, you know, making a new friend and having a great time. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Well, uh, let's get back to uh, the subject of recorded music here. Um, what have you been listening to lately? Anything new catching your ears or going back to any old favorites? Um, well, uh, listening to a lot of Aquabats, actually. Okay. Um, the albums Charge and High Five Soup are a lot of fun. I mean, I may catch a lot of flack, especially since, you know, I kind of uh, do listen to a lot of harder stuff and I do, uh, you know, kind of ride that that punk rock flag a lot. But Charge and High Five Soup are super fun albums. Um, if you need something that's happy and picks you up, in fact, uh, you know, that... Charge will probably be one of the albums we do in the future. Okay. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, King Gizzard keeps putting out new stuff. Um, yeah, I finally got around to listening to Fishing for Fishies. Yeah, well, it, that's a great album, but we'll save that for what you've been listening to. Fine. Um, <laughs> it, it, I just I was looking before we started talking, and it looks like in about 15 days or, or 20 days, they're releasing another album, even though Fishing for Fishies came out in April. But what do you expect from the band that that es essentially is aiming to release the most music ever? <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I heard a song the other day um, that was... Uh, I, I listened to a lot of Sirius XM, as I've mentioned before. Um, and I was listening to Coconut Radio with Jonathan uh, Schwartz, Schwartzman. Um, and he was talking about the song called The Other by King Tuff. And the only song I had only heard the big single <clears throat> from King uh King Tuff's new album. I kept meaning to check it out, but for some reason it went to the wayside. And this song called The Other was like mind-blowing. It was super sad, super introspective. It I mean, it was perfect. And he had kind of like, you know, played it up before hand you know about how like i had to stop the car when i heard it and i was like bullshit but i listened to it and i was like whoa this this song is amazing i had to put it in my phone immediately um other than that surprisingly i've been listening to the beach boys and abba hmm. so uh yeah those are some of the most recent additions to my itunes library um, and it's not like, you know, I, I just discovered the Beach Boys and ABBA. It was just 
I realized I hadn't put any of um, my favorite Beach Boys songs into my iTunes library since I switched over to an iPhone. Um, and, uh, you know, well, I guess I shouldn't be saying iTunes. I mean, Apple Music. Um, and uh, I, I've just increasingly accepted the fact that I do like a few ABBA songs. Yep. As you get older, the uh, the critic in all of us gets like softer and well, softer. Well, you know what? I don't give a shit what anybody says. SOS is a fucking rad tune, and I will fight anybody who says anything Oh, no, else. that's like their best song. Oh, it's their best song. And yeah, I mean, it's I only got like two or three songs on there, but SOS fucking rules. I mean, Dancing Queen's strong second, though. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. The way that and, song's constructed is ridiculous. And Super Trooper and uh, Take a Chance on Me. Because who couldn't love Take a Chance on Me? Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah. Anyway, what have you I'm been all, listening I'm all, to? I'm all about the Erasure cover of Take a Chance on <laughs> that was that was actually what reminded me i hadn't put any abba in my uh apple music was oh. i was listening i was listening to first wave on sirius xm and they were they played that like four times in the course of a few days and i'm like all right somebody's trying to tell me something did you ever get into erasure not really but there's a couple of songs that uh i definitely can't escape yeah, that was one of my um, norm karaoke bands for sure. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Well, see, I'm I'm much more of a Pet Shop Boys fan. Um, heresy. I I really what? <laughs> I was just being competitive and saying heresy. <laughs> hey, Pet Shop's Pet Shop Boys version of uh, "You're Always on My Mind" is a fucking great cover. Okay. And again, I will fight anybody who says different. And I have a feeling after my dad listens to this, he's like, we're going to fight. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, I have been listening to. Oh, are you done with what you've been listening yeah, to? Yeah, I had already asked you what you've been listening to. Okay, so sorry. I got, fucking ball, hey, man, man. You, you threatening to fight everybody is really distracting. I'm just trying to keep peace here, man. <laughs> um, but I've been, right. I've been listening to some... Uh, Malatu Aristatke, Astatke, his two albums, Malatu of Ethiopia and Sketches of Ethiopia. I've never been one to listen to a, a lot of jazz or, um, I don't know, music that's really more native to countries that are south of a, the equator worldwide. That's a, that's a good way to put it, because I fucking hate the term world music. Um, yeah, kind of like the same way you hate the term space rock. These people have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's for me and you. That's yeah. for me and you. Yeah, your mama and your cousin too. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so your anyway. world jazz music. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. He he was a guy that played a few years ago at Psycho Las Vegas when uh Zach and my roommate Greg and I went. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually ended up missing him even though i really wanted to see him uh i think it was the night that pelican was playing at the pool stage and i was like well i only have one opportunity to get really buzzed and watch pelican play in a pool so i better That's go hang true. out in a pool and watch pelican play uh but uh for whatever reason it's become my kind of non-rock kind of go-to it's just these really weird psychedelic kind of jazz albums 
with a lot of cool yeah. percussion and he plays a lot of uh xylophone and ah i don't know i just never it's not something i ever thought i would get into and i'm just digging the hell out of it that's cool uh and uh speaking of bands from other and musicians from other countries i've been listening to boris's latest ep tears which continues that band's uh occasional foray into experimenting with pop music rather you, than you the know normal I, drone than they that they usually do and you know uh, what I, it's weird i like it but it's not one of my favorite boris releases so far some of the songs are kind of almost silly i feel especially the song peaches but all in all it's pretty enjoyable but i'm uh, you're going to have a hard time finding me criticizing boris for doing anything what were you going to say though john i'm sorry I was going to say, you know, it, it's kind of funny that I uh, mentioned the fact that I'm into harder music and I um, talk about punk rock as if, you know, I listen to it a lot and I talk about all these other things that I listen to a lot. Uh, but I have not really mentioned any of that when I talk about what I'm listening to. You actually seem to, you know, be, be uh, you know, I guess, uh, walking the walk when it comes to, you know, saying, yeah, I've, I've pretty much only listen to metal these days. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe I should stop being such a poser. That's all I had to say. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I don't know, man. Some of my favorite stuff is just happens to be that, you know? Yeah. And that's just how it is. And Boris is just everything they put out sounds new and different and is surprising every time. And I just, they, they're, they are on my Mount Rushmore of Tannis bands for sure. Like I believe I... at this point I've seen them. No, I've seen the Melvins live more than anybody else. Another Mount Rushmore band for me, but Boris I think is definitely second. Like I've seen that band so many damn times and I'm going to again I... in September. So, <laughs> I've never actually really listened to Boris. Oh, we're so going to get into I it very soon. It's no. Very soon, your entry point. So just hold off for a little bit. Because, um, okay. In the, in, the, in the, not this first batch, not in this first 10 episodes, but very, very soon into the teens, we're going to be doing a Boris album. I've already Sounds good to me. decided for myself and thought. So. Um, and also, I'm still listening to Captain Beyond's self titled album. I cannot put it down. It gets a play a week for me. Um, really? Yeah, I just I, I I'm so in love with it. It's it's prog rock that's nice and neat and poppy and concise, you know, and not not like yes or I mean bless their hearts, but rush can be sometimes like and it's just got this kind of it, I don't I don't know it's 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 like it sounds like these boogie rock guys just decided to be a little proggy and start doing movements and reprises and ah it's just it's would fantastic would you say would you say that they added a little space rock to it so and also i've been listening to <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure john you've been listening to what now um helms elise helms elise latest album noctiluca has been getting a lot of play for me you ever listen to Helms Ali much? No, no, I, I've never even heard of them. Um, it's a band with uh, Ben Varellen, right? Yeah, the one that was in Harkonnen. The Varellen brother that was in Har Harkonnen, because Dave Varellen was in Botch. Yeah, so Ben Varellen. Uh, and, um, oh, now I'm mad at myself for forgetting, but 
she was the I can't remember her name. She was the drummer for Your Enemy's Friends. And um then they have a bassist who's awesome and um all three of them do vocals in it and it's just this weird super dynamic kind of post hardcore band that I just find absolutely fantastic and hypnotizing. I just saw them with Earth a few weeks back and yeah, I've I've seen them a couple of times and they just get better and better every time. I yeah, so Helms Elise, Noctiluca is definitely in the running for one of my favorite albums of the year. Well, I will have to check that out. Um really quickly, can I go to something I forgot to mention? Oh, of course. Okay. So, one of the tunes that I've been listening to a lot lately is uh, Anal Nakros. Uh <laughs> we will fucking kill you. <laughs> and I have to say, I mean, like it caught my ear and I was like, you know, you know, because I listened to the liquid metal channel on Sirius XM and they kept playing it. And I was like, wow, this is fucking rad. But the thing that makes me laugh even harder about it is because my dad, every time that he's talking about like some sort of death metal or something where you can't understand the lyrics, um, he always goes, oh, that's one of those bands that's like, we will kill you. We will kill you. And I'm like, yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cliche, whatever. <laughs> but then here's the song by this band called We Will Fucking Kill You, and it fucking rips. So <laughs> two two things. It rips. It reminds me of my dad. So it went into the Apple Music. I fucking love that song. You know, one of my favorite metal albums used to be that band's album, uh, Domine Non Es Dignus. Oh, yeah. Which is like Latin for <laughs> you are not worthy or something like that. And it is the most just, like, brutal and just almost cartoonishly angry album I've ever heard. Like, Yeah, I, uh, I really appreciated them taking something that's so cliche and making it the fucking most brutal song I probably have in my library. So Yeah, they kind of remind <laughs> me of Bloodbath in that way, where it's just almost a joke, but it's so good that it... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the very first track is this weird track of the it sounds like really staticky vomit and it's called I wish <laughs> I wish I could vomit blood on you people. So it just tells you kind of what you're in for for the rest of the yeah. album. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, so anyway, that's what I've been Oh, and real quick, I finally got into King Gizzard's Fishing for Fishies like I mentioned. I was going to say get into the fishing for fishies. Oh, guys, it's so good. John was so right. Everybody needs to make that their summer album before the summer is over. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also before they release another 10 albums. <laughs> yeah. Before they bring you down with a most likely metal album that they're coming out with next. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, Fishing for Fishies is rad. And here's another. I, I'm going, I think I'm just going to start a segment of the show called Fuck Pitchfork because they gave that album a four and they said that it was boring. Not only that it was boring, but it was the most boring album that King Gizzard did. And I'm like, uh, no, this album is fucking great. It has some great. No, that one with Mile High Club was the most boring one they did. Yeah. And you know what? I still enjoyed the Mile High Club one. Uh, sketches of East Brunswick or whatever. Well, yeah, but it's just but, everything that that album is in between. It's like, oh, why'd we do this almost? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, fuck Pitchfork. Like, seriously. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. If you if you don't like the, sci the song Cy Boogie, you're kind of a piece of shit. 
Oh, that I mean, I have. Pro- I, there was one day I probably plastic boogie. Song, like, oh my god, that's a yeah. That song is a ripper, dude. The first time I oh. heard that song, I was just like, this band can do anything. Like it's official. They can they can oh. do T Rex better than T Rex does T Rex. Exactly. Oh, and and I mean, yeah, that song is probably like the most catchy on there. Well, and the, but then there's Sam the Boogeyman that has one of my favorite, you know, uh, uh, kind of repeated things throughout the album where they go boogie, 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 boogie. boogie. Oh God, I yeah, I just love that album. I mm-hmm. love that band. Like I, I, in my eyes, they can't do any wrong. I can't wait until next month when I finally get to see them. It's gonna be fantastic <laughs> yeah i'm unfortunately gonna miss their tour stop through here but i found out recently that the same in the same week coming up in october is black lips black mountain and sun O. and i'm just like oh good lord i was trying to save uh, money this fall <laughs> well where, uh who are the black lips playing with um it didn't say on the little email that i got it was like hey oh. you might be interested in these shows and yeah, it just had the headliners listed. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to look into that because we, me and my son, had a lot of fun the last time we saw. Well, the first time we saw Black Lips. Well, I bet they're not coming because they probably did two separate legs because we completely missed them with Black Angels. Remember that didn't even come to the oh, West Coast. Oh, yeah, but that was that was over a year ago. So yeah, I don't think they've been out here since, man. Huh? No, no, they did because you said that they were. It was like I think like it had to have been like January ish. You said that they were coming, hmm. and yeah, I asked I you who they were coming remember. with. Yeah, and you said you didn't know. So uh, maybe okay. this is just the same conversation we had last time, but again. Yeah, could be. We're good. At All that. right, <laughs> <laughs> we do that a lot. So, John, do you happen to remember what the next album we're going to be doing is? Yes, this is, what year was it? Uh, 2001. Oh, it was it 2001? I thought maybe it was 1999. Okay, this is Neurosis's 2001 classic, A Sun That Never Sets. Yes, yes, indeed. This one was uh, my pick. And uh, we're going to be alternating picks from episode to episode, as you may notice. Uh, the first one we kind of decided on together with Beck's Odele. Yeah. But from here on out, we're going to be alternating. And in the future, when we figure out um, a good setup to when we want to have guests, we're going to let them pick some, too. So um, this first pick is mine. It's Neurosis's A Sun That Never Sets. So give that a listen so you can listen to next week's show and, en- and join in on the discussion and enjoy our critique or more of a praising of that album as a whole. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, John, do you have anything else to add here at the end of the show? I don't, except for nothing else. All right. Well, again, I'd like to give a shout out to Mr. Rich Rad Smith for um, making the uh, disclaimer intro music on last week's episode. And another big shout out to Danielle Rimbear at Rimbear Illustration for the absolutely awesome drawing of us that we use for our logo um so from me from john i bid you all good night and good listening we'll see you next week goodbye
Hell yeah.